Hi, welcome to episode 600 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and there's a very small list of things that I have done 600 times. In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. Today, it's the 600th issue of the Fantastic Four. It's Fantastic Four 610 from November 2012. The Wizard by Jonathan Hickman and Ryan Stegman. And so it's the big anniversary, 600th issue. Actually, it's just a normal size issue. It's called 610 because they skipped 10 issues. And the recap at the beginning of the issue fills us in on little Bentley, a precocious little kid, kind of an evil little brat, a clone of the wizard. And of all of the kids that this book has added during the Hickman run, I think Bentley is probably the most interesting. Of course, Alex Powers, the Moloids, Artie Leech, uh, so it's not much of a competition. Bentley is by far the most interesting. And the story starts with a newscast covering the events in Barbuda. Oh, I hate that name. I keep wanting to... I know I'm going to eventually call it Bar- Bermuda. It's Barbuda. And according to Channel 5, Barbuda has been sold to a rogue international science corporation, Advanced Idea Mechanics. AIM. AIM, an evil organization dedicated to world domination and instant messaging. And according to the newscast, this leaves everyone wondering, what is AIM up to? And we go to the White House, the Oval Office, and the President is there. He has his back to us, so we can't see his face. You know, whenever they show the President, that always ends up dating the book so badly. Like when Nixon showed up 40 years earlier, which... In that span of time, Franklin only aged a few years. Of course, this president is black, so in the future, I don't think it's going to be too hard to figure out which former president this was, even though we don't see his face. He says that satellites have revealed thermonuclear uh, reactors on the AIM island, so they consider it a terror state. And we see that he has called Captain America Mr. Fantastic, Giant Man, and Iron Man to his office to discuss the situation. Can you imagine the current president doing something like this? If he did, it would be more like uh, Ted Nugent, Gary Busey, Jared Kushner, and Moon Knight. Captain America wants to go in and kick some ass, but Reed knows more about this group of AIM uh, people. It's a splinter group affiliated with Bentley Whitman, the wizard. And the president says, Well, it sounds like... You have the best grasp on the problem, Dr. Richards. Would your team care to solve it for us? And next, we see that the Fantastic Four are in the flying, fantastic flying bathtub with Spider-Man still, why is he still around? And they're heading toward the island nation of Barbuda. And we see two poor AIM agents in their full yellow beekeeper style uniforms on a Caribbean beach, which has gotta suck. So in their island headquarters, called the Sanctum Scientorium, ooh, Doctor Strange is going to be pissed when he hears about this, the AIM guys detect the Fantasticar on its way, the guy in charge tells this other agent, 
Sharp eyes, son. Keep that GPA up and we'll see about making more than a summer internship. Internship? AIM? The evil organization? Has internships? So this one AIM doctor goes in to see the wizard and he's told that the wizard hasn't slept in days. The doctor goes inside and clearly the wizard has lost his mind. He's talking about hearing voices and when he's told that the Fantastic Four are on their way, the wizard smiles and says his prayers have been answered. So the FF are flying over the island, but their ship gets blasted out of the sky. Was that a good idea by Reed? Shouldn't he have sent Johnny in first to melt down all the anti-aircraft guns on the island? It's like the one time Johnny could have been useful and they didn't use him. So Sue protects everyone with a force field, they get to the ground, they look down the street, and they see the wizard standing there with an army of bucket-headed AIM agents, all with very large guns. The Fantastic Four seem eager to kick some ass, and back inside the headquarters, some secret AIM council has just elected some new guy to be their leader. And we see his costume, he's like the uber AIM agent, bigger, more muscles, glowing lights on his outfit, and back outside, the AIM squad, they're getting their asses kicked by the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. I mean, why is he still around? Next, the wizard, who's flying around on his flying disc thing, shoots some missiles and hits Ben in the back, which only makes him angrier. And he tears up the street and he clobbers some more agents. The FF are trying to get to the US consulate and out come a group of Marines to join the fight. Like, why are they needed? Who needs the Marines now when you got the Fantastic Four? Some AIM guy tells everyone to stand down, the troops should withdraw. But the wizard doesn't like that. Yeah, I guess he wants to stay and get his ass kicked. So he attacks the AIM guy who told everyone to stand down. Ah! He screams as the wizard zaps him. And then the wizard flashes this bright light and blinds everyone. He flies over to Reed and starts screaming, Open your eyes, Richards! This is a world where progress means going backwards. See, these are not the new days, but the days of old. Sounds more like he's describing the year 2017, not 2012. But in the middle of his tirade, he gets hit by some tranquilizer darts and passes out. He was shot by the new, by the new AIM leader guy, who says that he's hoping for a peaceful resolution. Later, the wizard wakes up in a cell and he sees Sue looking at him, and he asks, What are you looking at? Sue replies, An old man in a cage, right where he belongs. Meanwhile, Reed is alone with the new AIM leader, who asks Reed for the proper documents, which Reed hands over a letter from the U.S. government, which states that Reed has been appointed as the U.S. ambassador to Barbuda. Speaking of ambassador, Whatever happened to Sue being like the ambassador or the the regent or some such thing to that group of Atlanteans? That just kind of disappeared from the book. So of course, the new leader guy says that the island of Barbuda needs to be called something else. AIM Island. You know, I have an idea. How about giving a name to yourself? I'm tired of calling him the AIM leader dude. He tells Reed to have a seat. They're going to make some deals. Next, we see Spider-Man and the Human Torch 
in the AIM commissary having some burgers surrounded by all these AIM agents having lunch but they haven't taken off their bucket heads how can they be eating with those things on their heads and what are Johnny and Spider-Man talking about they're talking about like as diplomats to the island they have diplomatic immunity from speeding tickets or so they think you know it doesn't really matter because Spider-Man and Johnny they don't have cars with them on AIM Island and if they did why would they need to drive fast it's a very small island Ben finally notices and asks why are the AIM agents keeping their bucket heads on during lunch one guy calls into a radio that their cover has been blown they were just there spying on Ben, Johnny, and Peter. Back with Reed and the AIM leader guy, who's taken off his bucket head, they're having some coffee and chatting. The leader says that they both have an interest in science, but different philosophies. He looks at a video of that fighting from earlier, and he says that stuff like that won't do anybody any good. But it does help fill up some pages in a comic book. The leader tries to say that everything they're doing there on the island is legal and as a token of goodwill he offers up the wizard to Reed to take back to the United States. Now you're talking, Reed replies. So later, Reed has dropped the wizard off at the Pavlov containment facility for the criminally insane. Reed tells the wizard that the wizard is sick but he'd like to help if he can. It turns out the wizard has a massive tumor growing around his brain which is making him crazy. Reed says that the wizard has a guest. He opens the door and it's little boy Bentley, the wizard clone. He has a box and the wizard asks what's inside. Bentley pulls out that purple wizard helmet and he's going to give it to the wizard saying it's a personal identifier to help him remember who he is. The wizard says it also belongs to the boy. There's no escaping your nature, he tells Bentley. Put it on. He says that like the helmet has some kind of magical powers. It doesn't. It's just a stupid helmet. And with that, the issue is over to be continued in FF22. But first, Welcome to the Fantastic Forecast, episode 600, part 2. It's FF20 from September 2012. Das X Inhuman by Jonathan Hickman and Neil Dragota. And the story starts in the past, before the future was saved, it says. Ha! As if the future has been saved now. And we see the Kree Supreme Intelligence lounging in its crib, but trouble arrives. Black Bolt and the Inhumans, who have a grudge against the Kree. And the two groups battle their way across the universe until they reach the Kree homeworld. And their star begins to die, and it was saved by Franklin Richards from the future. And we've seen all this before. Franklin is telling Black Bolt to go back to Earth, and then Attilan flies back to Earth. I remember back in issue 240, it was a big deal for Attilan to take off, leave Earth, and move over to the moon. 
Now the entire city is zipping back and forth across the universe with ease, like it's Air Force One flying up and down the East Coast every weekend so the president can play golf. And then back in the present, at the Baxter Building, Johnny is there with his new friends, the Light Brigade, and they still have Annihilus on a leash. I don't know why Annihilus is so small, still, I haven't figured that out. He's not very impressive. Johnny says they have to let him go, because the Negative Zone needs their new megalomaniacal nutcase leader. <laughs> don't we all? Johnny reminds Annihilus that he's keeping the cosmic control rod, so he better behave himself. Yeah, he better not do anything shady like use the office of the Negative Zone president to make himself and his family richer, make secret deals with the leader of the microverse, or or get into a Twitter war with the host of Good Morning Negative Zone. So they toss Annihilus' ass back into the Negative Zone portal. So meanwhile, up on the Future Foundation space station, ooh that rhymes, Reed is teaching her class, but it's interrupted when they see the arrival of Attilan back to Earth's orbit. And in Attilan, the Light Brigade shows up to, warm, to a warm welcome from Black Bolt. Well, Medusa says it's a warm welcome. How can you tell? Back on the space station, Valeria and Bentley are hanging around when the door opens and adult Valeria enters wearing a very sweet black FF uniform. Bentley excuses himself because there's nothing worse than being the third wheel when someone is trying to talk to themselves. Young Valeria has a thing on her computer that she's been working on called Conquest, a prospectus on how to defeat and subjugate the Kree Empire. Adult Valeria slaps a child on the head and tells her to delete that, which she does. It's good for a young person to have some ambition, but if that ambition is to defeat and subjugate an entire alien race, well maybe that's a little too ambitious. And on the streets of New York, adult Franklin is driving around with young Franklin, and frankly, not driving very well. Young Franklin is like, oh no, I'm going to grow up to be a bad driver. You know, there's nothing worse than that when you're a young boy. It turns out adult Franklin is driving young Franklin to school. A normal, everyday school filled with regular kids. Didn't Reed once determine that it was dangerous to put Franklin in a normal school with other normal kids and not use some kind of secret identity? Adult Franklin points out to young Franklin which of these other kids he will grow up and remain friends with including one kid who picks and eats his boogers, a future politician. Next, we see Crystal and her lover, Ronan, the accuser. Bad choice. A very, very bad choice for Ronan. What is he thinking? Crystal, really? It's such an ill-advised romance. A romance, if you will. Suddenly, a portal opens up and out pops Medusa and Lockjaw, with Medusa telling Crystal, Your king has summoned you home. And that takes us to... Welcome to Fantastic Forecast, episode 600, part 3. It's FF21 from October 2012. Romance by Jonathan Hickman and Neil Dragota.
And so Reed and the smart kids are on the space station, looking over at Attilan in awe and surprised to see it back. Johnny says that the Inhumans and the Kree have made a deal. And there's a flashback, once again, to that scene on the Kree homeworld where adult Franklin tells Black Bolt to go back to Earth. Black Bolt approaches the Kree intelligence, who spits his goo on Black Bolt, and he's kind of sucked into the hive mind of the Supreme Intelligence, where he seems surrounded by all these dead Kree who make up the Kree, who make up the Supreme Intelligence. I guess this is where they make that deal, but we don't see it yet. We go back to the present on the space station. The kids have been sent down to Earth. Reed is alone in the room with Sue. It seems they have the space station all to themselves. So you know what that means. Reed seems to have a fetish for banging his wife in unusual places. But she sadly informs him that Johnny and Peter are waiting right outside the door. And back with that flashback, Black Bolt is surrounded by the Kree and they start to fight. And things seem to be going well for Black Bolt but suddenly he surrenders and they have to stop fighting and come to terms. And in the present, Johnny, Sue, and Spider-Man and Reed, they enter the Inhumans' throne room. Why is Spider-Man still hanging around? Spider-Man meets Johnny's friends, the Light Brigade, and this one woman on the team, the Blue Lady from, the, from Yondu's race, seems to recognize Spider-Man by his smell, and she thinks that he and her once made out. Spider-Man insists that they've never kissed before, but she says they have danced and kissed, she says she recognizes his big pouty lips. He's wearing a mask. She can't see his lips. She says she recognizes his big round butt. He's wearing pants. She can't see. Okay, she can totally make out his big round booty. He says, I do not have a big butt. Attracting the attention of everyone and embarrassing himself. Medusa tells Reed and Sue that the peace between them and the Kree is in trouble and they look at Crystal and Ronan as if they're the problem. Back in the past, we see a very one-sided conversation between the Kree and Black Bolt, which makes no sense at all. But it seems like they're finding some common ground with Black Bolt. I don't know. Later, Reed is alone chatting with Ronan, and he's trying to find some common ground with Ronan, telling him that he would risk everything for the people he loves, I think his mission is to break up Ronin and Crystal, but that's not fully explained. Because Hickman never explains anything. And at the same time, Sue is chatting with Crystal. And here, Sue is talking about how her life changed when she became a mother. So is Crystal pregnant? And if she is, are they trying to get her to have an abortion? Very unlikely. Or if she's not pregnant, do they want her to get pregnant? I mean. Would that unite the Kree and the Inhumans if they did? Whatever, whatever it is, Crystal is torn, asking, How can I choose to do what is asked of me? And Sue says, because it's her duty. <laughs> she said duty. And in the flashback, the Supreme Intelligence spits out Black Bolt and says, They've reached a peace deal. But as part of that deal, Ronan must return to the Kree alone. And back in the present, Ronan and Crystal are not happy. Triton, Gorgon, and Karnak are forcibly removing Ronan from the premises. What was the point of Reed and Sue's discussions if they were just going to make Ronan leave by force? 
And the narration says, Who would ruin love? Who would dare? And Sue looks at Black Bolt, and it says, A king would dare. And frankly, is this supposed to be emotional? They never did develop the Crystal Ronin relationship very much. At least, not here in the pages of the Fantastic Four or the FF. I don't know if there was some other comic, an Inhumans comic maybe, where their relationship was explained more, and we got a sense of that how deeply they were in love with each other. But here, it's just like, meh, who cares? Crystal, Ronin, I don't give a flip. It seems like an odd, loose end for Hickman to have to wrap up, because I don't think he started this relationship. And why were Sue and Crystal talking about having kids? Is Crystal pregnant or not? Like, what the hell? And it's Fantastic Forecast, Episode 600, Part 4. It's FF22 from November 2012. You are whatever you want to be by Jonathan Hickman and Andre Arujo. And so we start back at the Baxter Building in another room we've never seen before. It's a huge room that must take up the entire floor with swimming pools and a ping pong table. It's the ping pong pool room. The new girl from Wakanda is kicking the asses of the Moloid kids in ping pong. And just as the girl is about to win, Alex Powers secretly uses his gravity powers to help the Moloids. And why? Why does Alex want to see the black girl lose? Huh. Strange. Alex Powers makes up some bullshit excuse to the Dragon Man, saying it's a bad idea to cross the yellow dudes. Valeria comes running in, telling Bentley they have to go. He thinks maybe that Valeria is bored, and he says he has a plan to break into the Moloid's room and, what, steal their underwear? If they wear any. But Valeria tells him that the Fantastic Four have found his father as a prisoner on that AIM island, and they're on their way there right now. She and Bentley get on her flying mechanical horse. Why not use their flying jackets? Those are so much cooler. The flying horse looks stupid. So off they go, and it only takes an hour to get there. I'm like, where the hell is AIM Island off the coast of North Carolina? I mean, no way did they get to the Caribbean in one hour on a little flying horse. So they get there just in time to see the events from Fantastic Four 610, with the Fantastic Car getting demolished, the team landing on the ground, fighting the AIM agents, then meeting up with the wizard, and then the wizard getting tranquilized by the AIM agents with an extra dart from Valeria, Valeria for good measure. Apparently, in addition to being a sm super smart little brat, she's also an expert long-distance sharpshooter. Back at the Baxter building, Ben and Johnny are there with the rest of the kids, and Spider-Man, now wearing his classic blue and red outfit for some reason, maybe he's leaving, finally, and they're filling the kids, on, filling the kids in on what happened in Fantastic Four 610. Why is this necessary? You would assume that anyone buying FF would also be buying the Fantastic Four, because otherwise 
that would be very, very weird if they weren't. Eventually, Johnny gets to the part mentioning that Bentley is meeting with his clone father, the wizard. And back at the Pavlov containment facility for the criminally insane, which, really, if someone is criminally insane, do you want them to put them in a prison with the phrase criminally insane in the name? Well, that's kind of strange. And we see Reed opening the door to the wizard's cell and going in and talking to the wizard, which we've already seen before. And then he sends in Bentley, which we've seen this scene before as well, where the wizard tells Bentley to take the helmet and he tells him to put it on. And this is where Fantastic Four 610 ended and said to be continued in FF22. So all this build up and there's only three pages left of actual story after we pick up where we left off. Three pages. People, pay, people paid three dollars for this? For three pages of a new story? So Wizard is telling Bentley to put on the helmet and guess what he does? Take a guess. Take a wild guess. Bentley kicks the wizard in the balls, which would not have been my guess. He kicks the helmet aside and he leaves the cell. Reed comes in and he tells the wizard that even though Bentley is just a clone of the wizard, he's going to raise him and he's going to grow up to be a better man. We are not slaves to our nature, Dr. Whitman. You can be whatever you want to be. Which isn't true, but it sounds good. The issue ends on the roof with Bentley and Valeria. They start to hold hands. She says that he was awesome in there. And he says, I think I love you. I'm three years old, she says. Don't ruin this for me, he replies. She's only three? Three? Uh, I thought she was at least four or five by now. Ugh. I hate Valeria so much. Three years old. Oh, man. You have to be a creepy clone of a maniacal bad guy to love this girl. And that is the end of the issue. Which brings an end to this 600th episode uh, coming next time. The last issue of the Fantastic Four. And the last issue of FF. Well, no, not really. But it is, but it is the end of the Jonathan Hickman run. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Dave Elliott at podcastff. And you can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. Woke up on the right side of the bed. What's up with this Prince song inside my head? to get down tonight Cause it's always a good time Slept in all my clothes like I didn't care Hopped in